want to get service, selection, and price so low. The record archive is the place to go.
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You, we all heard uh, Gates of Paradox with Dissonance and Short Attention Span Theater with My Clementine. That's right. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, we're back for episode 43. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we were maybe... I feel like our critics would critics say we shouldn't say this, but I feel like last week we were a little off our game. Like, yeah. I think we both had like an off week. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay, right? I mean, that's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah. And I personally struggle this time of year. Yeah. I do not like this time of year. Yeah. I know. Like, we're... Oh, do I know? Like, weeks <laughs> in with no sun. Mm. I'm missing fresh air, but I don't like to be cold. Yeah. Um, yeah. You complain a lot. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some national days. Yeah. What nation? Uh, our nation. Which is? The U.S. of A. All right. Um, it's carrot cake day. There's always got to be a cake. Hmm. The cakes are endless. I, I don't you, like carrot cake. No. I thought you were going to say carrot top day. I thought, that mm. motherfucker has a day? No. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> uh, National Football Hangover Day. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I Did you hear on the news that like 70-something million people call out of work the day after the Super Bowl? And there's like this petition That's to funny. move it to Saturday. <laughs> We, again, we probably shouldn't say this, but we don't really give a shit about football. Yeah. At all. I know. I tried to like it. All my friends growing up liked it, and it would have made life a lot easier. But yeah. I don't know. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah. Um, it is Missing Persons Day. Hmm. Women's Physicians Day. What? Yeah, I don't what know. Are you just saying words over there? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> words off of a website. What's Missing Persons Day? Um, like the band? No. no. <laughs> and then National The Day The Music Died Day. Mm. So this one, I mean, it's not cool, but it's more relevant yeah. than the other ones. Uh, the Day The Music Died Day on February 3rd remembers the unfortunate and untimely death of singer's 22-year-old Buddy Holly, 17-year-old Richie Valens and 28-year-old J.P. Richardson, a.k.a. The Big Bopper. These three artists died in an airplane accident on February 3rd, 1959, um, near Iowa. Their pilot, Roger Peterson, also perished in the crash. Hmm. I can imagine that was huge news. Mm -hmm. I think they were, um, if I remember correctly... You know, because I was alive back then. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you were going to imply that I was. <laughs> but I should have. That would have been better. <laughs> um, I think they were on their way to Minnesota or something on tour. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. We um, we did a couple fun things this week. Yeah. We finally got to see Charmer perform. Yeah. The Bug Jar. Yes. Uh, Wednesday. Yep. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of people there yeah. for a midweek show. That was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a good time. It was. And we actually didn't go, get home that late. No. I think we got home like I don't know eleven thirty ish. Yeah, that's uh, that's very early for 
The bug jar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was really cool to to see um, to see Charmer finally. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yet another band with Brian Mason and Chris Golding. Indeed. Great stuff. They performed Warbirds, mm-hmm. um, their latest album. And it was just fantastic. Yeah. A lot of uh, feeling in that music. Yes, there is, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite off of the album is Gold Serpents. Yeah. I really like that song. Does that get you in the feels? It does. It does. It's all great, that obviously, is, yeah. but, you know, everyone has a favorite song. Right. So. That's right. Yeah. So let's um get our get our guest on. First we'll play a song. Yeah. Okay. Um so our guest this week is Richard Sinek from mm-hmm. Arsenic Tea Party. And they have a new single out. We're gonna play that and then get into the interview. And Richard talks about some uh hard times he's had. Yeah, he's had um a crazy end of 2019 for sure. Yeah, losing. He, he mentions losing his house and he was shot. Yeah. Um, and is luckily recovering and has big plans for arsenic in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to play the song and get to the interview. All right, let's listen to Homesick for Hell.
Richard. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, good, how are you? I'm all right. Just got back from Aldi. Got some yummy food, and I'm ready to, uh, <laughs> ready to do this. <laughs> all right. Hey, Richard, how are you? I'm okay. Good. You guys doing good? We're good. We're very good. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks for chatting with us. Yeah, no problem. Like I, I love getting interviewed. <laughs> All right. Ho- I haven't had much practice in it, so <laughs> Ho- bear with me. Hopefully, no. hopefully we can ask you some questions you haven't been asked before. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and you can always add in stuff that uh, that you want to talk about. Feel free. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not too good at doing stuff on the spot, so I'm like, I, I usually go. Uh, I usually do a lot better with a little bit of prompting. Okay, we can do that. So feel free to to poke around and. <clears throat> so we'll just uh just go from there so where does the the band name come from arsenic tea party well um i was thinking about arsenic at work because uh i worked at this gm supplier uh this, this plastic injection molding place and the totes that we used that were gm supplied you know for the to put the parts in they were they were like this arsenic green color and uh, i was just you know you know when you're at work your mind's just kind of wandering and yeah like, I thought of arsenic, and then for some uh, something made me think about tea. I think it was I was thinking about some steampunk stuff or something like that. Uh-huh. About arsenic tea, and I was like, oh, arsenic tea sounds like a fun name for like a band, but let's add party to it because I was also <laughs> thinking about tea party <laughs> and then birthday party. So that's kind of how it was born. You guys have kind of a like steampunk influence, at least your look is right. Um. Sort of, kind of. It's kind of like an amalgamation of a lot of different yeah. things, uh, a lot of different elements. Um, originally, we weren't going to dress up, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I dressed up for my last project, and my guitarist saw that and he was like, "Hey, let's do that this time. Let's do the mask thing, and let's do the let's like dress up like." And I, I and I, I was I just kind of went with it. I'm like, "All right, if you guys, I wasn't going to force anybody to dress up or anything like that, but you know, if they wanted to do it." Uh, great so we did it and it we seem to be pulling it off pretty well and it's it's going over really well and so that's uh that's what we're gonna do from now and that's the format so well masks and costumes we really enjoy we've seen some videos and uh we really enjoy it yeah that one was a lot of fun to do 
not all, well, not all of it. Some of it was pretty miserable, but uh, but other parts were just overall. I had a blast on it. That was my guitarist's baby. Nice. It came out really good. Um, so, You're talking about the official video. Yeah. yeah. There's some. Yeah, solvent, and it was for our previously one of our least popular songs, actually. If you go by Spotify algorithms, that is. No. <laughs> don't don't go by that stuff. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I you, mean, nobody talked about it. It wasn't cited as being a favorite, so I was really surprised. Now it's a favorite from a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people have told me that. So that's it was kind of the underdog. So that's changed. Well, we really enjoy it. Thanks for what for what that's worth. Um, well, it's worth a lot. <laughs> you know, we love. I always love hearing people enjoying you know stuff that i create and everything it's uh it's just that appreciation goes a long way and it you know keeps a lot of people going so what's your background where did like musically where did you come from uh me personally um i was uh started off with uh new metal when i was like in elementary school and stuff like that you know that was back in the the big limp biscuit and corn days and mm-hmm. You know, and, and from there, I just I kind of got into uh, uh, got into a little bit of industrial, and uh, then from there, just kind of branched out to like you know, uh, uh, just different weird shit, I guess, and mm-hmm. then finally got into metal later on, and just kind of uh, incorporated all those influences, and you know, it's like uh, I was really into Tom Waits, that was a big one. Um, I liked a lot listening to a lot of the avant-garde bands and stuff like that, and. I finally got into Mr. Bungle, mm-hmm. which has been <laughs> which has been a lot of fun. But most of the most of the influence that I had was just uh, just random stuff, just kind of mixed together in my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then I'll just try to emulate that, and it would come out as something completely different. So I just decided to go with it, and that's just kind of the format that I've been following ever since. So you write and record all the music yourself uh this first album yeah Yeah. but um big departure from that i wanted to have everybody kind of get involved in it because the rsd tea party kind of like piggybacked off my solo thing so and i was just kind of writing all these songs and i got a band together and you know they liked the stuff but i was like i i think they'd rather at the end of the day you know play stuff that we all wrote together and it, it just the songs evolved much more organically that way too and yeah it's a lot more fun to write as a band than it is to sit sit around in a bedroom and yeah. you know write everything yourself. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, it can only get you so far too because you kind of need the you know, second, third, and fourth pair of ears to just kind of get in there and do stuff that you wouldn't normally uh, be able to on your own. Right, right. Especially if they're more skilled than you at, at, the, at whatever instrument that they happen to have. So everybody's kind of kind of in their own lane now working off some concepts that I had, but it's just, uh, it's morphing more from just my stuff to everybody's stuff. And that's kind of, that's basically where I really wanted to go. So what, what's your writing process like, like individually and as, as a, a group? All right. Um, what I would do, I'll just get home from work and, um, I decided to just, uh, go uh, completely um, freeform with everything. I'll just start beating the shit out of my guitar. Okay. 
Um, I actually ended up losing my guitar, so I, I got a backup acoustic, and I just down-tuned that and started beating the shit out of that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a long story, and possibly a story for another time. But, um, yeah, I just beat the shit on my guitar, and um, when it comes to writing, you know, writing uh, lyrics and everything, I'll just improv those. That's uh, So what you're hearing on the record is all improv. Really? Yeah, I mean, I would hone it down as I went, you know, just kind of throw out stuff that didn't work. But basically, I wrote everything on the spot. I did not write my lyrics out beforehand. Huh. That's impressive. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. It, it, the songs never really hit that. It's all about the energy. You just can't really hit that uh, sort of peak when you're writing everything out and planning things beforehand, at least not for me. I've, I've just got this really manic approach to things now. And I think it's worked out for the best because I'm writing some of the best music I have in a very long time. So if you if you come up with your lyrics on the fly, are, do the do the songs have a concept or that you work with? They do. They do. Okay. Um, I will come up. It, it does fit within the confines of a concept. Uh-huh. I've, for the most part, yeah. It does. And it, the song will just kind of sit there and evolve after uh after a few takes like i'll just sit there and start spitting stuff out and then i'll kind of see it take a life of its own you know and just start kind of rising out of uh the insane sort of chaos that's uh that's ensuing and then i'll be like oh okay i'll go with this then Mm -hmm. Uh, and you also asked about the band writing process uh so far um we haven't done too much of that yet we just started because we've been kind of on a hiatus lately but from what we have done, um, we've got several different approaches that we discussed as a band. Like one of them would be, okay, so each of us will come up with a skeleton of a song and then we'll all write to that. And then we have another approach where we all write freeform together, right on the spot, like from scratch. <clears throat> and so far, um, we've tried the one method out where each of us has come up with a skeleton. Uh, so far it's been me and the guitarist that have come up with like skeletons for songs, just to see where everything kind of, where everything lands, you know? And uh, so far, it's gone pretty well. Mm-hmm. Very cool. But um, it's early in the process, so we'll, we'll, uh, there's a lot of ground to cover yet. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive about it. Got a pretty positive outlook. Well, if the Homesick for Hell song is any indication of what the rest of the stuff is going to sound like, it's uh, very, we're really looking forward to it. Thanks. That was kind of a transitionary period. It was kind of like one that I was actually working on when I was still solo, but mm-hmm. I wanted to collab mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with a steampunk artist. Uh, Vernian Process, uh, their bassist, worked on that with me. So it's it, it's going to be a little bit more, uh, it's going to be heavier than that. Um, you know, after a lot of the shit that I kind of went through at the end of 2019, um, I was like, what, I, I just need some something a little bit more chaotic, I think. A little bit more abrasive. Um, but also probably there's going to be some melodic stuff too. So yeah, it's, it, we're working on a swing swing song right now. We got a live video of that, and uh, there's some other songs that kind of remind me a lot of uh, dog fashion disco, mm-hmm. and then some other ones that are going to involve some a uh, little bit more Spanish influence in them too, like kind of like Sausage Man. But there's going to be a lot of those probably on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say yeah, uh, as far as um, the direction of the album, mm-hmm. Homesick for Hell. It, you could say, yeah, sure. It, it's probably going to be, it's, it's a good portent of what's coming in some ways. And in other ways, you guys are probably going to be pretty surprised. <laughs> we'll go, we're looking forward to it. Thanks. We like surprises. 
<laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, a lot of this stuff is surprising for me too. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, a lot of times. And I kind of like that, uh, that element of, uh, just unpredictability. Like I just like to throw myself into stuff and, and whatnot. And, uh, see what comes out, you know, stick your dick in the piranha tank, see what bites basically. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm allowed to swear on the podcast. Am I? Oh, Say yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. I was kind of, I was keeping it toned down, but no, be yourself. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, so the arsenic sound is for being, um, largely improvised, at least lyrically, right? Yeah, and I mean, guitar-wise, the first album, it was very improvised. And I'd, I'd literally come up with a riff right there after coming home from work. It, it sounds like it sounds like a sound that you crafted for a very long time, if that makes any sense. I mean, in some ways, yeah. Yeah, you could say it is. It's kind of like the culmination of all my influences and yeah. stuff like that, and that just kind of... Uh, like it, 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 it definitely doesn't fit into a little box at all. But it, it sounds like it's no, it's, it doesn't. it's like very well crafted. Thank you. And I mean, yeah, when you when you go back and listen to it, it's like I, I my main thing was just keep it simple, keep it fast, keep it stupid, big dumb loud. And uh, but when you go back and listen to it, yeah, there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of intricacies in there. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it was really yeah, it sounds like it was planned. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's probably because of just the principles that I picked up uh, over. God, 20 some odd years songwriting, really. Mm-hmm. And actually, more than that, if you want to go back even further. I started off playing the drums in 98, so it's, hmm. it's just a, like I've absorbed a lot over the years, and I, I'm able to just kind of improv things, and it sounds like I didn't <laughs> at this point. It's just kind of like second nature. Well, that's, uh, that's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I like Definitely. that. So going about it that way, do you find it hard to reproduce your sound um, live, or no. is it, or is it more fun for you? And, and ah, a click okay. track. Our our drummer is plugged in, and it sounds just like the record. Okay. But there's some other, but you know, we don't want to recreate the record exactly. Right. But I mean, it sounds just like the record with some extra cheese on top, basically. <laughs> With a nice sprinkling of Parmesan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I might change up, you know, little things here and there. I mean, it does. we don't have that same sort of... I mean, I am kind of envious of a lot of bands that have... They can go up there and have a full string section or a horn section, and they can just get up there and, you know, go to town, and everything's... Uh, they're just freeballing it, right? And, uh, and we're kind of trapped to a... You know, trapped in, within the constraints of a click track, but... You know, I got like little stings and stuff and just little little things that I kind of put in between the songs too when we're playing live too, just to kind of uh, add some variation and just keep people really engaged. And it's just this relentless, we just press play on the uh, on the uh, laptop and uh, it's just this relentless nonstop wall of sound that's hitting everybody for the entire duration of the set, which is at this point is around 32 minutes. So I got to really plan because I, I get fatigued pretty, pretty easily. And that's something I got to work on. And I'm kind of drifting off topic here, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so it looks like you have a lot of shows planned for 2020 already. 
Yes, that's been a big thing because uh, we, we, we just started off in March of last year, technically, and we only played live uh, for the first time in August wow. of 2019. Wow. So we have not, yeah, we're a relatively new band. But everybody everybody in this group is just uh, just a uh, bomb to work with. They're just very professional, and we just we were able to pull it off. We're like old world veterans at this at this point, you know. And when my guitarist, uh, when I first approached him to to work with me, um, he we had just gotten um, back from Europe. He was touring and as direct support for Six Feet Under. So, oh wow! I mean, he's uh, these guys are seasoned seasoned veterans and they know exactly what to do and we're not we're not spring chickens anymore either so we got we got all our most of us got our stupid shit out of the way <laughs> and our youthful follies taken care of a long time ago so it's all it's all strictly business and uh music music and business and fun <laughs> what? but uh the the um not the stupid kind of fun. Well, a little bit. It's controlled now. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, as you get older, you learn how to do stupid shit without yeah. it being Smarter. stupid. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so what, what kind of, like when you play live, what kind of crowd do you draw normally, or is it all over the place? It is all over the place, and I was very surprised. Um, you know, we get a lot of, uh, like I said, we get a lot of, um, we get a lot of avant-garde influence. And uh, so we we draw a lot of uh, a lot of people that are uh, also into like bands like uh, you know Dog Fashion Disco and Polka Dot Cadaver and um, Tub Ring and and Mike Patton fans of course mm-hmm. and uh, those guys everybody you know all those guys are varied as hell you know yeah. and uh, you're gonna see a lot of different faces within that range you know those fan bases are very uh, diverse uh, and then we then we'll pick up the odd goth kid or two. Um, and then just the regular, uh, regular everyday metalheads like us too as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a very diverse and varied, um, varied crowd. Yeah, that's good. I, I think I told you before that I think you guys appeal to like a, a large, wide spectrum of, of, uh, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, which is great. You yeah. know, it's like, uh. I mean, we got that ability to probably hit the radio, you know, hit, you know, syndicated radio and whatnot, you know, yeah. every single one of my songs just about has tons of dirty language in it, though. So I don't know if the FCC would <laughs> be too kind with that. I'd have to go back and make radio edits and whatnot, which I guess I would do. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not something I'm going to go out of my way to do. Right, right. Whatever happens, happens. That's just kind of like just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Basically, I don't know. <laughs> so it's just much less stressful that way. Yes. I have a question about some lyrics. <laughs> what? The what? Some lyrics. Your lyrics. Oh, some lyrics. Yes. Yeah. Um, the feast. What is that about? Yeah. And who is Uncle Clarence? <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, now that was uh, that song actually was the one I've been working. I was working on the longest. I, it was uh, it was part of my solo thing that I had going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a concept that I'd you know some of the songs do have solid concepts that were in place for a while, and I just kind of worked off of that. Um, and the feast would be one of them, and it was basically just about uh, uh, just cannibalism, just a dude eating his uncle. Mm. 
Uncle Clarence. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Uncle Clarence. And it turns out there was an Uncle Clarence who was a Supreme Court judge, correct? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clarence Thomas. Yeah. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with him. That's good. <laughs> I found it out after the fact. I did. Yeah, it was just some uh, sort of, uh, yeah, just, uh, this guy just sort of eats his dead uncle. <laughs> so I wrote a similar short story that was kind of in the vein of, uh, in the vein of, um, like a Lovecraftian or just 19th century mm-hmm. uh, weird fiction or, you know, horror. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like sort of similar to that too. So I was kind of like use that as kind of a basis for the song as well. And like I said, decent amount of it was improvised too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, even though I worked off that solid concept, I still improvised a lot of that song as well. So was Uncle Clarence dead before... The eating started, or yeah. Oh, so oh. it was it was necrophagia. Oh, okay. Actually, I shouldn't say it's cannibalism. Well, I guess that would be cannibalism too. Yeah. So cannibalism slash necrophagia. Yeah. Okay. Look at us getting all technical. <laughs> <laughs> so how's what's the music scene like in Flint? Flint. Yeah. Um, seems like the number of bands have been increasing. Mm. Uh, a lot of bands uh, broke up. A lot. So. Uh, I'd have to say I, I don't know offhand how much would you say maybe 10 bands total 10 metal and hard rock bands in Flint total at the moment maybe less maybe 15 yeah, yeah. so um, it's a very strong and cohesive scene but it's small mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so we take been... our scene for granted so we're in upstate New- well western New York I shouldn't say upstate yeah. And we have a very strong, cohesive scene as well, but it's like you know, 35 bands. Oh, at least. I couldn't even count. <laughs> well, that's, that's very intimate. You yeah. know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll get a weirdo band like us, and we'll kind of bridge the gaps between all these different scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's another thing I was going to mention. It's like, that's kind of what happened, too, because we got, like, different bands that we've been networking with and stuff like that that wouldn't normally play together mm-hmm. kind of getting together and i've been throwing my own shows and stuff like that within flint as well and i've been bringing in bands from other cities and just trying to get a lot of crosstalk going on and just getting just kind of putting the feelers out there and casting the net out and just kind of just taking and making my own situations you know and just getting bands together that wouldn't normally play together and kind of expanding things that's been kind of one of my goals just for fun just for shits and giggles yeah so i'm glad you touched on that because i was going to ask if you know you have a very unique sound and style and i was going to ask how you pair up with other bands in the scene right like you have like your your death metal and your black metal and you know what i mean but it's yeah you have such a unique style it's been it has been slightly difficult because a lot of the promoters still don't know what to do with it. Now, what I found, I took this advice from another guy that was throwing some shows uh, in Flint. He was with the band Cityscope, which is which is actually like kind of like a jazzy type, <laughs> jazzy type band. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, very mellow stuff, very mellow instrumental stuff. And um, he was he told me, you know, a couple years ago, you'd have to have thrash metal with thrash metal, death metal with death metal, and, you know, indie rock with indie rock. But lately, I've noticed that 
mixing bands draws a more diverse crowd and uh, people end up being forced out of their comfort zones and the people that stay end up liking the other bands and maybe getting into other music and so I just kind of followed suit with that and I found I kind of use that format for my shows and yeah you get a big crowd and um, people that you wouldn't normally suspect are coming up to you and saying hey wow <laughs> that was awesome or, and I'm seeing them doing that to my friends bands and it's just it it's just works out for the better you know just it and but a lot of the promoters in the area aren't haven't really caught on with that yet so they're still kind of in that old sort of format and i don't blame them because yeah you know you're taking risks you know that's a lot of mixed, having a mixed bill you know yeah a lot of the shows here are uh more and more getting that way they're uh they're mixing it up and yeah mixing a bunch of styles and uh the turnout seems to be quite yeah better. quite a bit better and yeah. you yeah. experience different bands that you might not have heard before and it, it's a great idea i think yeah and and that's great to hear that it's catching yeah. on so we got like a paradigm shift going on which is pretty nice it is and that's just it just strengthens the scene even more and then you start bringing in bands from out of town out of state um and then you just you grow it that much more. <laughs> Do you guys play in Detroit often? Um, we're working on it. I'm currently actually living there, mm. sort of. Mm. <laughs> um, I lost my house and everything like that not too long ago, but we kind of rebounded from that. And uh, I'm living in Detroitish area now. I'm in Wyandotte, so mm. I'm kind of. I've been kind of working on that angle. Um, I've been healing up, and once I heal up and everything, I'm going to probably go out and start hitting some local shows and seeing what's up. Getting my feelers out there and just, you know, having some fun because that's something I really need to do. So let's take a short break and listen to an Arsenic Tea Party song. All right. So since it's the uh, dinnertime hour, let's listen to The Feast. Don't worry. 
So we do have more band questions for you, but since you uh, touched on on your healing up, can do you want to talk about that a little bit, or I know you? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I'll let you lead with the questions. Okay. So <laughs> we don't really know the details, but we know that you were shot. Yeah. And, uh, with a forty-five. Forty-five, and uh, it looks like it went into the pelvic area. Yeah, it entered in. Uh, it entered on my right, the right side of uh, my pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but you know, when bullets hit stuff, they tend to curve, mm-hmm. and it kind of cre- uh, carved this nice little line through me. And <laughs> I guess he was using Full Metal Jacket. I suppose I'm. I'm very lucky that he was. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like. You can see some def- deformation in the x-ray, but it looked for the mo- like for the most part, it was a uh, full metal jacket, so I'm very lucky there. Um, it kind of curved around, I think. Missed my rectum and my bladder. Um, came out my right ass cheek, and I think either it had lost enough velocity to where my pants kept it in, really? and it sort of bounced back into my left ass cheek huh. <laughs> it but yeah i've yeah i've got an exit wound and a re-entry wound oh, wow. as well as a nice yeah nice long fluid filled shaft running through my pelvis right now wow. when did that happen yeah it was uh thanksgiving happy thanksgiving huh yeah that sucks <clears throat> yeah i don't remember really anything from that from that night so i mean that might be for the better <laughs> yeah 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 it was pretty uh i remember crawling around bleeding a lot the pain i do remember the pain i remember i remember the helicopter ride that was fun but, you know I, once they hit me with that morphine or whatever the hell they did to me and the pain went away i was cracking jokes and stuff in the helicopter ride on the way to the hospital but yeah, it went through my femoral artery. Never that. So I, I was very close to death. Wow. Um, I don't know if, if the pain stopped because I was just that close to death, or if they hit me with something. But I don't know. Can you talk about what happened, or is that not? I mean, like I said, I don't remember much. Like I don't even. In fact, I I don't even remember exactly. Uh, I thought I was in a totally different place than I actually was okay. at the time. I was just this big confused mess, and um, I have no idea what exactly truly happened and neither does my girlfriend who was there at the time wow i mean we both like totally blanked out wow were you it was a very uh strange thing were you like at uh, a house or a bar or a public place or we're on a way home huh i guess uh we pulled over for some reason and uh somebody pulled up next to us and uh, I guess there was some sort of altercation and I ended up getting shot. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, I only remember like these just vague flashes of what happened. No, I remember everything from the hospital. Mm. That was the fun part. <laughs> How long were you it in was, the hospital? Uh, well, I was, I was only in there a week, but it was like, I didn't really eat much or sleep the entire time. And uh, I was on all sorts of drugs. They had me on fentanyl. They had me on gabapentin. They had me on Norco's, Oxy, uh, Dilaudid. You know, it was just, just this cocktail of all sorts of different drugs. And I was, yeah. 
I was a. Uh, it was definitely a very strange experience. It was kind of like a. It was like a five day long trip, basically. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was very intense hallucinations. The whole is time. that? Is that? I started rolling with it after a while, though. I got used to it. It was kind of fun after a while. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> it looks like it came out in one of your sketches that you posted, from the bed. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That that was the last night I was in the hospital. Yeah, that's pretty crazy looking. <laughs> Yeah, whenever the lights went out, um, and I, I was talking to a psychologist while I was in there because I, I was starting to get delusions and all sorts of crazy shit was going on with me. You know, seeing like it's like there was this orange glow in the room all the time when the lights would go out, and the hospital I was in at the time it was it's, it was built in like 1912, I believe, 1912, 1915, somewhere around there. You know, pre World War One era, yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking hospital and you know I had like music playing in my head the entire time it was just it was very very strange I I couldn't even tell you what was real and what was you know what would actually happen and what didn't happen it was just hallucination I remember it all but I don't know what was real and what wasn't did did that whole thing inspire you musically oh yeah oh yeah the events leading up to it, just like, yeah, just everything that's happened before and since, just it's going to be coming out on this next album. It's going to be a trip. Well, we're sorry that happened, but looking forward to what you create out of it. <laughs> yep, the fruits. Yeah, the fruits of suffering, basically, and it's like I'm cool with that. That's good. It's like I'm just gonna. I've taken everything that's happened to me so far that's been shitty, and I put my own spin on it and just use it to my advantage. That's all you can do. So do you always perform barefoot? Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to ask about that. I didn't want to mention <laughs> it, though. But yes, yes, that was a tradition. Um, the first show we played, um, because we have like an intro track that kind of plays, and we go and change real quick after our sound check. Cause we'll go up there in like hoods and stuff like that. Like I, I saw that it's kind of like, a, I remember seeing Flush God Apocalypse play live and they come they came out um before they dressed up they came out in like hoodies and uh -huh. stuff to do sound check and like load in and stuff like that and they had like these really deep ass hoods on their hoodies and you couldn't really see their faces or anything like that and so we, we it was kind of like a thing like that like uh we just kind of uh go out there and um do our sound check try to keep our faces as unseen as possible not always an option but we try we you know we give it the old college try and then um we'll disappear play the the play the intro to the set and we'll just come you know bounding out of whatever hole we decide to hide in <laughs> and um we'll come out all dressed up and just start going to town uh but the first show getting back to your question um the first show um i didn't have enough time to get my shoes on or there's some reason i couldn't get my shoes on so i said <laughs> fuck it and we're out there barefoot <laughs> and then ever since it's been a tradition at least for me to do that and sometimes the other guys do it too <laughs> How did your, so you said the first time you played out was August. How do you think that went for you guys? Are you, were you happy with your first performance? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a Wednesday night at midnight in an out-of-town show. And we managed to draw. <laughs> wow. Our first show. That's, that's good. <laughs> During the yeah. week at midnight. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I took a half day off work. And uh, I grabbed a bunch of coworkers, and we just carpooled 
like let's go and then we also had organic draw too just like people just checking us out it was nuts yeah that's awesome yeah and it was a, it's a friend of ours he, he has uh he has a entertainment or a production company that's called near death entertainment and he's the one that put the show on it was like a it was a flint invades uh ann arbor show and that was our that was our first introduction to the world as our snake tea party it went over pretty well i'd say that's awesome <clears throat> yeah i mean that's that's the first time that i've had a you know i've had a crowd that big at a first show especially when the, the sound was really good and um cause it was at the blind pig and stuff like that and that's a fairly legendary venue here <laughs> so it was a great first venue a great first show and we sounded good too on top of it that was an added bonus so like i could get off stage and be like yep i did well so that's always the greatest feeling yeah. too oh uh, yeah i can imagine so that was uh that was our first uh show and definitely a very memorable one too so who are you kind of outside of the band you mentioned work yeah. so what do you do for a living well i was a plastics guy for a while i was i did quality inspection then i did warehouse work and i'm kind of a jack of all trades but um you know i did game design and stuff like that and a lot of work with sound before this as well oh that's cool and Yep, and for a while I worked in an oddities and curios shop. Hmm. So you also do like uh, mixing and mastering on the side, or yeah? yeah. Do you have a name? Yep. A name for that business, or is it not really? It's just uh, no, it's not really like a freelance uh, kind of thing. I didn't expect it to. It's like a freelance sort of hey, mm-hmm. you know, local bands. It's like if you you know if you got some rough uh, rough tracks and stuff like that, and you're just starting out or something like that, just hey, it's like you know throw some tracks my way i'll clean them up i do a little bit of re- restoration and you know i can get them sounding a little bit better no <laughs> well, your stuff sounds great so i'm sure you could work Thanks. magic on other people's stuff yeah it's only gonna get better too um so 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 that's you, uh sorry you do everything for your music right you write record mix yeah you do all yep. that that, yeah. um, that's changing this time though this next album uh, we're going to probably be tracking most of it at least the preliminaries uh, at my guitarist's house he's got uh, so we're going it's going to be a different sound it's going to be a little bit more of a commercial sound it's going to be a little bit more uh, of a produced sound but um, I'm digging the way it is it's, a, it's, it's much more it's going to sound much more modern I suppose you could say okay and the guitar tone is going to be different of course so I'll see how it goes but I'm feeling pretty positive about this. What's what's your... It's going to be a little bit... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's just going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit more meatier, and uh, a little bit more wider. What When you're working alone, what is your preferred DAW of choice? Cubase. Yeah? I've been using it since 2007. Hmm. Very cool. We're um, We're using Reaper right now to record the podcast. I've been hearing a lot about Reaper yeah. lately. It's uh, I like Reaper. It's uh, it's free, isn't it? It's freeware. Kinda, yeah. I mean, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I've been using it forever. For like, you can use it indefinitely on the demo. It just there's a pop up that gets oh, gets okay. you to, wants you to pay for it. Well, you know, after, but you can keep right. Okay, you can use all the features. 
You just have to wait for it to time the pop up to time out. But it's okay. It's, uh, yeah, so you got a little. There's a caveat there, yeah, but yeah. you it's got full functionality. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I still haven't activated my Windows, so I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so don't don't have to worry there. <clears throat> I get it. You know, this stuff is pretty expensive. Yeah. I looked out and Cubase is running a special, so I got the elements, and that's backwards compatible with like projects from all the way back to like LE nice. five. You nice. know. What, uh, who did the artwork for the the first album? Oh, I, honestly, it was just me being lazy. I found some illustration online from an old kid's book and oh. just decided to use it. It fit perfectly. Oh, that's cool. Why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> Sign from the universe. <laughs> use it. That is cool. And then Ryan Keith did the artwork for the... Homesick for Hell single that you have on Bandcamp. Yeah, and that's gonna. Those are gonna be our stage scrims. He's a pretty. He's a pretty crazy guy. I'd suggest anybody check out his artwork. It's pretty cool. Do you? He does have... a lot of work with like. Uh... Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I kind of ramble on, but no, I was gonna okay. say he does a lot of work with like, uh, you know, uh, po- you know, popular cartoon characters and stuff like that, and different situations like that. So it's kind of like a pop art type thing, kind of not. It's, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll have to check out his other stuff. Yep. I'll probably have a link out there at some point. He's definitely open for commissions, too. That's it's part of his bread and butter. So, Do you have a um, target release date for this next album? Uh, nope. It's a little bit too early to tell. Okay. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely... Uh, we got a lot of uh, ground already covered. With um, with the song concepts and whatnot, there's a lot of ideas that are sitting there ready to go. But as far as actually hashing them out, and I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes to those concepts and everything. But um, for now, it's like we've got about seven or eight songs that are just about ready to rock and roll and get out there and uh, be put on parade and sort of uh, dissected and rearranged, but. I mean, the groundwork's there. There's there's a blueprint. There's definitely a blueprint, but it's still too early to say when everything will be complete because don't, I don't know what's going to change between now and then. Yep, I understand. So do you ultimately want to be on a label or do you think those days are over for bands pursuing that? It really depends. Yeah. I mean... On what the offer is? If a label can do things that I've you know, we could never do on our own. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Like, like as access to things that like, like a mainstream reach. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> you know, help us sell those albums, help us get out there. But I mean, if it, if the label can't do, you know, is unable to financially or for whatever reason, isn't able to, uh, do more than what I believe we could reasonably do within a certain time frame, then I'd, I'd rather just stay independent and, you know, not have any sort of, uh, any middleman mm-hmm. there, you know, just would you ever stay at the Would helm? you ever give up the rights to your music for a deal? Uh, I mean, it depends on how much of the, I mean, I, I suppose mm-hmm. if the deal is right, like I said, everyone has their price. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and pretend I would, you know, I, I do have my price with that. It's definitely something. I mean, I have done it before when I did uh, com- composing for some 
for some game developers and stuff like that. I've, I've, I've made music and sold the rights mm-hmm. to it. I mean, it's not that... It's not a big deal because I mean I know I wrote it and it's still my song, but yeah. you know they can do with it what yeah. they want. You know, I, and I, it's not like they're going to use it for, you know, the soundtrack to a snuff film or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do you listen to a lot of music? Um, I do and I don't. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm really I'm actually pretty picky. Like I've been, I'll get stuck on a maybe two or three bands. And just kind of eat up their entire discography, like through, through through years and years, and then I'll just I'll be kind of like, and this is something I've been trying to work on too. Like as I've just been like discovering, you know, new bands and everything like that as I go. So it's like I have a decent amount of influences, but that's just from like collecting them and staying kind of stuck on them for years and years, mm-hmm. and just kind of really dissecting it and just digesting it. So like, um. I don't actually listen to music as much as your average person does, actually. It's kind of weird because my life centers around music, but yeah. Do you avoid music when you're writing? Um, no. No, no I let that. That's like, it's probably one of the times I do listen to it because it does get me pumped. Mm. And, you know, and, and it does, uh, it does get me in the mood to, like, write and just sort of, um, yeah, just kind of lights a firecracker under my ass and says, hey, this song's fun. You should do one kind of like it. And then I'll try. And then it'll come out completely different. I'll be like, hey, all right. <laughs> what do you think of being a musician now compared to the 90s? Um, well, the internet, um, the internet is definitely... Uh, <laughs> at first glance, you're like, wow, it's definitely changed. Like, it's, I mean, it has, obviously. Um you've got a sensory overload. There's a huge saturation because everybody has access to everybody. Mm -hmm. So people are a lot pickier now, way pickier and show attendance is way down. Yeah. As you know, comparatively, I know personally, I mean, even back in, no, sorry. Um, back as, as, as soon as, uh, as late as 2006, you'd have a packed Mm -hmm. room at a local show. I mean, wall to wall. And now it's, it's quite a bit diminished. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, definitely crowd size has changed, I'm sure. And, um, just, uh, you, you just got to change your, you got to adapt to it. There, it you, it's changed and it hasn't, I guess you could yeah. say. There's just, uh, the game's still the same. It's just a different feel, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think you have to find some way to adapt. Like um, when you resist, it it uh, it seems to fall apart, right? Like the record labels that that resisted all the change of the internet are the ones that seem to fall apart and go away, and then the ones that somehow adapted to it and embraced it are the ones that are still kind of doing stuff. I don't think they're as profitable as they used to be, you know, back in the day. But no, especially not with the ability to download yeah. music. And uh, a lot of people are really resistant to the whole streaming yeah. thing. I'm actually a, a huge supporter of Spotify and music yeah. streaming. Do you? Because with the flood of music nowadays, it's like people are less willing to spend that money. And just the way the damn economy is now, you know, just like how broke everybody is, they're not able to spend that money anymore. To, they can't just, you know, a, music is a luxury mm-hmm. item. And um, 
Spotify allows people to just listen to a song. The artist still gets paid, and they get to listen to the music, and they don't have to, you know, commit to buying an album. So it's people that aren't able to buy your album or are just checking you out. They're paying you, you know, however little, but they're still paying yeah. you. It's better than nothing, yeah. and it's helping you get discovered by other people and whatnot. So it's kind of a cool platform for discovery, too. You know, and I, I think a lot of people are really doing a disservice to themselves and really the bands by not supporting Spotify. You know, uh, listening to their favorite bands on Spotify. Yeah. yeah. So what what drives you to create music as an artist? Um, I just got this mighty need. It's just an innate thing. I got a. I I could probably like if you gave me some uh, time and some. Uh, give me some time and a pen and paper. I could probably figure it out, but I don't know. Cause I, I've often thought about it, but I can never really put a single answer mm-hmm. to it. You know, it's, 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 it's like a multifaceted sort of thing. It's, it's probably cause I'm have some sort of issues with like, I, I need attention <laughs> and I <laughs> uh, wasn't loved enough or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do music. I, 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 all I know is I've got to mm-hmm. do it. I'll go fucking mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just me processing my mm-hmm. world and saying, "Hey, this is how I process my world" because I can't really communicate very well otherwise. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of problems with like social anxiety and um, different things in the past. It's really hard for me to articulate things, and I'd rather just show people. You know, it's, it's just a good way for me to say, "Here I am. Here's who mm-hmm. I am, and um, here's what I think you'd like." and enjoy well, you know that's just a it's just a way for me to communicate I guess mm-hmm. makes sense in a way that I can't normally do the, mm-hmm. Do. I've gotten better though you know, I've gotten better with that what uh I mean besides the album coming out and a bunch of live dates for 2020 what else is in store for Arsenic this year well I'd like to get out there and start doing some more videos and stuff like that we need some YouTube food mm-hmm. and I think it would just kind of help with the with the uh, identity of the band and just keep the momentum going in these slow times. You know, just make some, do some more live videos and whatnot of us recording. Maybe some little skit type things. Who knows? Maybe even some like, oh, excuse me, live jams or something like that mm-hmm. too. You know, bust out the red wine <laughs> and just have a nice, uh, nice um, jam session. Or whatever else libation we decide to partake in, <laughs> who knows? But um, yeah, just a nice, uh, just a nice jam session. Something simple like that would be good. Um, I mean, we've got some pretty, pretty cool shows coming up though this year, as far as shows go. Uh, we're trying to get in, get into Michigan Metal Fest at the moment, uh, so we haven't heard back from that yet. That's but, cool. The deadline was just now, so I mean it'll probably be a little while. Um, we're going to be playing with Dog Fashion Disco in Cleveland in June, nice. and we'll be uh, we're going to be bringing up a pretty cool band uh, in April uh, from Chicago. They're called Beneath the Hollow. They're, you should check them out. They're pretty uh-huh. awesome. Um, and then of course we're going to be playing in April with Power Glove, so that that'll be fun. I saw them back in the day and. Never thought I'd be playing yeah, with them, but here that's, we go. That's cool. That's yeah. an interesting pairing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun night yeah. for sure because I got another uh, 
I got a friend of mine's band playing that too. A couple friends of mine's bands playing that too, and it's gonna be it's gonna be an eclectic mix that night too. Well, that's cool. So they haven't announced the uh, bands for Michigan Metal Fest yet, have they? Nothing. No, no. not that I know yeah. of anyway. And there's always next year if we don't yeah. get in. So we'll just have to cover a lot of ground this year. I mean, we've been packing on the show. Yeah, it looks. We'll have the advantage this year of playing, you know, uh, all year instead of just from August to uh, basically November. That was that was it. <laughs> that was our time frame of shows this yeah. year. Yeah. My guitarist baby was just born not too long ago. So oh, wow. a few weeks we'll be out of hiatus, and uh, I'm I'm healed up enough now to where I'm ready to rock and roll on stage. And well, that's good. Do you? If I rip my muscle, I rip my muscle. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a uh, a preference as far as do you like performing live or writing or recording? Do you have like a favorite of the three, or do you like? Honestly, um, I used to. I used to hate playing live because the shows never went very well, and I used to bitch about it. I, I, I obviously I need to play live. I was like, yeah, I, could, I just got to get get out there on that stage. But the shows I was playing, it just there wasn't any energy there, and. It wasn't any fun, so I preferred writing, but now I just, I love yeah. it all. It's like the whole experience, even the bad yeah. shit, really, at the end of the day, when you look at it, it's it's, uh, it's all part yeah. of the lifestyle, and it's very, you're very privileged to be able to live that lifestyle, so I've learned to appreciate all of it. <laughs> Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you're like, oh man, I wish they touched on that? I'll think of it after we're done, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, there's always yeah. a round two. Um, maybe we can have Perfect. you guys back on when we get closer to the album release. Yes, that would be perfect, yeah. actually. Okay, cool. That'd be great. Needs all the, we need all the padding we can get for this next one because I'm going to probably go against my instincts here and actually try to organize some sort of plan for the release and, and the, the months leading up to the release and actually re- release this one right and get some press there first. Yeah. This first one was just, oh, we made an album, did some pre-sales, and that worked. That actually paid for the pressing, so that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. But other than, yeah, I was really surprised. That was like the first time in my life that's ever happened, so I was like, damn straight. I'm on to something here. Um, (laughs) Well, you let us know when you're ready, and we'll have you guys on gladly. Yes, we shall keep in touch, and thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time tonight and sharing your stories with us. It was great talking to you. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the support. Okay, thank you. Have a great night. All right. I'll see you guys around. All right, see you. Okay. You too. Bye. Well, that was was fun. Looking forward to hearing the the new album. Yeah, definitely. I I really like what they do. Yeah. Very different. Unique. Yes. So... On top of Charmer mm. this week, we went to the Nunslaughter show at Photo mm. City Friday yeah. evening. That place was fucking yeah. packed yeah. with all kinds of people. It was. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was a great, great lineup. Yep. Great turnout. Unfortunately, Fatal Curse had to drop off. Yeah, that made me sad. Dave was... Dave is very sick, though, Chris yeah. said, so. Hope he's yeah, recovering. Yeah, um, Yeah, but w- just such a fun night, and there were so many people there. I was uh, 
a little more of a social butterfly yeah. than normal. Um, but we just got to hang out with awesome people. Good yeah, laughs. It was a lot of fun. Um, they had Seth in the in the front by the yeah. bar, spinning yeah. records, and that was like was really cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, just the whole night was just it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. And none yeah. sadder. Like, yeah. hello. Don cool. of the Dead brought it. And I gotta say, um, mm-hmm. Christ, that might have been my fam- my favorite Christ performance. Yeah. Set. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. They were on they were, point. They were on fire for on days. Friday. Fire <laughs> for days. Yeah, they were great. So I think we're going to stop announcing uh, band members that have passed. Because it's constant. Yeah, we, it, it is constant, and we failed we, this yeah, week. Yeah, so. I fucked it up. But it <laughs> seems like the more we talk about it, the more it happens. So I'm, I'm not going to yeah, talk Yeah, I don't it. like it. But I yeah. did want to mention this article I saw about the oldest woman to ever have lived has died. I don't know how they uh, would know uh, ever, I know, but I don't okay. Know either. Um, but this, this reports that she was 127 years old. Which is fucking insane. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yep. She. Uh, it says she lived through Tsarist Russia, the Soviet Union, and independence after the fall of communism. And it also says that she had eight children and around 200 grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. Wow, that's quite it a is. legacy. She probably checked in and was like, I can't afford all these gifts anymore. Time to call <laughs> it quits. <laughs> Everyone gets one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so let's think about that for a second. So she was 127. Is that mm-hmm. what you said, right? Mm-hmm. 127. So her kids, like, what? Their 80s? Mm, or more, yeah, I mean... They could be, they could be a hundred <laughs> or older. Wow. I, I wonder if they, well, they, the article said left behind. So I guess they were all yeah. still living. Those are some good right? genes. Yeah. Some good genes or some cruel genes. <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? Yeah. Hopefully she lived happy 127 years and wither away. So I have a, a somewhat philosophical question that's related to this that you don't okay. have to answer but you can think about. Okay. Is there such thing as a good death? Uh, that is a very good question. I'm going to think on that one though. I think that warrants yeah. some thought. And you know me, I'm weird mm-hmm. about death. But in the meantime, we're going to wrap okay. this up. So, uh, thank you, Richard. Arsenic yes. Tea Party, Gates of Paradox, of course, and Short Attention yes. Span Theater. Uh, we are going to end episode 43 with Arsenic Tea Party, Solvent Drunk. <laughs>